Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. attended a fifth grade band concert last week. That is quite accurate, that clip we play every Monday. I still like that on a Monday morning, too. It's just it's the perfect mood to start a week. The, the striving for excellence, but not quite getting there. Amen to that. Didn't quite get yourself tuned up for the week. That, that last note is one of the great comedies that's ever been wrought by mankind. It's like four seconds and five seconds long, and it just gets funnier and funnier. <laughs> Live from Studio C. Seizing your dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound and today to kick off this brand new week leading up to Memorial Day weekend. We are under the tutelage of our general manager, Ryan Walters. Who the hell is that? He's Oklahoma's state superintendent of schools. And he is on the warpath against the evils of teachers' unions. Not the unions per se, certainly not the teachers. But the evil part, really smart guy, really aggressive, love the cut of his jib. More on that later. I want to hear about that. Man, there's a lot of news stories we can check in on today. The presidential race with more people getting in, including Tim Scott today, who might be, I think he's my favorite out of all of them. And Love uh, Tim Scott. More on that later. Uh, what's going on with Ukraine? Did they lose Bakhmut or not? And what does it mean if they did? 
they I think they did over the weekend, to whatever extent that means anything. It is, after all, a pile of rubble. Yeah. Yeah, Zelensky, I thought I thought he said the important thing yesterday when he was asked about it. Bakhmut only lives in our hearts at this point. Yeah, there are no people there, and it's just rocks. So it's mm-hmm. an area that used to be a city. Did you see the before and after photos that, that came out over the weekend of Bakhmut? I did not. Our buddy Mike Lyons was actually showing them on CNN. It's unbelievable because Ukraine looked like America. It looked like any suburban. It looked like the town I live in, which is almost exactly the same size as Bakhmut, about 70,000 people. And it's just office parks and green grass and, you know, trees and playground equipment and malls and stuff like that. And now it's there's not a speck of green. I mean, there's not one living plant anywhere. And it's just tiny pieces of rock. Yeah. It's like yeah. the surface what? of the moon. What show is Mike on on Sundays? Uh, whatever CNN show is, I don't know. Yeah, I might have to add that. That certainly ups their quality. And we also got the debt ceiling conversation obviously going on. As the Treasury Secretary said, we are going to run out of uh, <laughs> run out of money by June 1st. She's 150 years old. Can we get anybody in government yeah, she under re- 75? She remembers when you just used to trade, uh, you know, you trade a, a healthy young pig for a, a bushel of corn, and that's the way you did the economy. Oh, yeah. She brokered the deal where we bought Manhattan from the Indians for 32 beads or whatever it was. Sure. Alexander Hamilton handed her the keys from the Secretary of Treasury. <laughs> Personally. That's but, right. um, uh, yeah, she says that is, that's when we're going to run out, pretty much June 1st. And that's coming up real quick, nine days. And uh, we'll see what's going on with that. So all those stories need to be addressed on the Armstrong and Yeti Show. Memorial Day weekend is uh, the unofficial start of summer. So that's kind of exciting. So they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if uh, other parents feel like feel this way, but I feel the summer coming and the whole, okay, the kids are home every day, all day. Okay, what's going to happen then? How does that whole thing work? I don't remember. I don't oh, remember. Boy. I don't remember how you pull this off. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> they're excited, though. Thanks. Oh, my God. They're vibrating with excitement. The fact that that's uh, days away. We've got a fantastic end of the school year clip a little bit later on as well. Cool. Young lad celebrating in his unique way. <laughs> there's no, we say this every year, but there's no feeling like when school's about to get out or gets out for the summer. That's just, it's its own feeling that you never can replicate with sex or financial success or anything else ever comes I was just going to say, I finally come up with a term to describe how that feels to communicate it to adults. Lottery gasm. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I've never won a giant lottery. Maybe Self-explanatory. Like that. <laughs> Maybe that's what it feels like, winning the lottery. Simultaneously winning the lottery whilst making sweet love with that special someone. You know why you can't replicate that with anything else is you have to have the uh, immediacy of youth. I was going to say short-sightedness, but that's probably not fair because we all should live in the moment like young people do. But mm. they're just their view that you know everything's forever, or everything's just today. If you have kids, at least up until a certain age, things that are going to happen a week from now or nothing that doesn't matter. It's <laughs> just today is the only thing you care about. And uh, if it's summertime today, it's summertime forever. Uh, I would point out in uh, what is undeniably a bitter old guy moment uh, for us, though. Being sprung from school meant complete freedom for a very long time, for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
of playing with our friends and riding bikes all mm-hmm. over town and that sort of thing. For a lot of modern kids, it means different scheduled activities. Right. But if you're an adult, you know, you have a, the longer perspective, you get out of school and you think, yeah, it's only, it's only two and a half months and I'll be back at the grind and I better watch how much I spend with inflation and whatnot. And, you know, it's just not the same feeling. Right. Right. Summer, I thought up until, I don't know, I was what age, I thought summer was the same length as the school year, up until I don't know what grade. <laughs> it seemed like it to me. Well, they hadn't taught the whole calendar thing <laughs> at your school, evidently. <laughs> uh, my dad used to talk about he'd come back from summer vacation and not remember how to write his name. Um, <laughs> let's kick off the show officially so we don't get in trouble with the FCC. Although, if they're not funded the treasury can't fund them man we could drop f-bombs we could not start the show officially we could do all kinds of things um i'm jack armstrong he's joe getty on this it is monday may 22nd the year 2023 we are armstrong and getting we approve of this program let's begin the show officially for the week then according to fcc rules and regs at mark the fairy tale story That was a brief clip of one of the greatest feel-good stories I've ever witnessed in sports. That was the PGA Championship, one of the four major golf tournaments of the year. And uh, the PGA Championship is unique because they let club pros, a certain number of club pros, qualify for the event. And once in a while, one or two of them will even make the cut and get to play on the weekend. Then they flounder and they end up in 74th place or whatever. But they had a hell of a nice experience. Well, this guy from uh, Mission Viejo, California, I believe, uh, is a club pro. He says he he gives lessons. He runs the pro shop. He hits like one bucket of balls a week. Mm. Well, he made the cut and just kept playing better and better. And uh, and and the crowd and the crowd, though they were paying attention to who was winning and stuff, were going crazy over this guy. I mean, everybody adopted him as uh, this is who I'm rooting for. And they're on the 15th hole, was it 15th or 16th hole? Uh, w- with everybody rooting for him, he hits a hole in one, and it it, it 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 just absolute flew in the air right into the cup. It didn't bounce, didn't roll anything. Just boom, right in the cup. Crowd melts down, goes berserk. Everybody's <laughs> jumping and dancing and hugging and just craziness. And uh, and then on the 18th hole, he, he hits a horrendous second shot. He's got an impossible chip and putt to make par. He has to make par to be in the top 15 to be invited back next year and automatically be in the tournament. He hits a brilliant chip, dribbles the putt in, barely makes it. He gets his invitation back. And the crowd goes triple nuts as when the winner actually won it. Not even close. It was like, oh, yeah, oh, he won the tournament. That's oh, well, nice. it'd be disappointing if you're the winner. Yeah, well, he gets a big yeah, old I'm check. Over here. Be fun. Yeah, I'm It said it was a fairy tale story. If it was actually a fairy tale story, he would turn into a pumpkin or a frog, or he'd be put in an oven and eaten by an old woman or something. <laughs> Those are fairy tale stories. It's a good point. Good point. No one was eaten, as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever anybody says club pro, it always reminds me. I was playing golf at a country club on a tiny golf course in the middle of nowhere, Hayes, Kansas, where I was going to uh, school, and I was playing there, and I knew the guy because he was on my high school golf team. And uh, he was the club pro there, and I got to play there with my girlfriend's dad. Anyway, we're playing golf and everything like that, and I'm talking to the club pro, and uh, and I said, man, I'd like to join this sometime and be able to play. He said, you'll never be able to afford to be here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Thanks. 
Thanks. So I got older Thanks and could for afford. The faith. I, I got older and could afford to be there, but then I had already decided I hate golf. So it's funny. We take different paths in life, don't we? <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> How does mailbag look for the day? Oh, it's a good start to the week. Very entertaining. <laughs> it's funny. Somebody looking at me and shaking their head. You'll no. never be able to afford no. to be no. there. No. Not you know, and if nope. I'd have looked at me, I'd have thought the same thing. <laughs> um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody texted, the best example of what summer feels like as a kid is the Phineas and Ferb cartoon. If you've never seen that, it's fantastic. My kids were used to be super into it. I'll read the words to the theme song later this hour, because that is a perfect example of what summer vacation is if you're a wow. kid. That's multiple Phineas and Ferb references I've heard in recent days uh, from from parents and Parents of grown kids talking about how good and sophisticated it actually was Ferb, while being very silly. Ferb doesn't talk. He only says one word per episode. Huh. Very important. Curious. Yes, yes, it is. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from the great Thomas Sowell. He's an endless, I mean, like a, a never-ending, a, a, a bottomless well of wisdom. Some things are believed because they are demonstrably true. But many other things are believed simply because they have been asserted repeatedly, and repetition has been accepted as a substitute for evidence. Yep, that's true throughout life. That doesn't even have to be uh, politics or anything. That can, that can just happen. Yeah, agreed. You see that all the time. Mailbag. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Anyone? Don't have to have a, like, 
subscription or something or nothing? No, it's free. Keep wow. it, you know, reasonably uh, short, if you would. But uh, cool. this is very, very funny. Ethan writes, Guys, today I received a note of, uh, violation notice from my homeowners association for weeds growing in driveway. So I asked uh, ChatGPT to write a Shakespearean-style letter apologizing for the weeds in my driveway. There it is. To the honorable members of the Redacted Homeowners Association, fair greetings unto you, noble stewards of our beloved community. With a heavy heart and humble disposition, I pen this missive to beseech your gracious forgiveness for an errant circumstance that hath befallen my humble abode. All right, one more couple of sentences. Alas, it is with profound regret that I must confess the presence of unwelcome intruders amidst the threshold of my abode, no less than the impertinent weeds, those audacious denizens of nature's vast tapestry, have dared to take root within the sanctified bounds of my driveway. <laughs> Little Roundup will take care of that. <laughs> Didn't give me lymphoma, I'll tell you that. Okay. Maybe it did. I don't know. I should have sued. Except you had lymphoma and have used lots of Roundup in your life. Anyway. Uh, da, da, da. Guys, uh, this is from uh, the fabulous JT, Livermore, California. Um, guys, fun employment was more or less predicted by Daniel Pink's book, Drive. Oh, uh, yeah. We were talking about fun employment on Friday because it was in the uh, Wall Street Journal. And that's uh, a, a, a term apparently young people are aware of. Oh, yeah. Fun employment. You know, having a good time. You don't need a job. I remember when that book came out, but I didn't write, uh, buy it or read it or anything. But he points out uh, the highest level takeaway from the book was that traditional employee compensation was almost always misaligned with employee motivation. Specifically, the author concluded that there was an intense positive correlation between compensation and output. Higher pay equals higher output, but only up to the point where basic needs are met. After that, higher compensation had a very steep curve of diminishing returns. The basic needs, as outlined in the book, were food, shelter, entertainment, what I'll describe as a comfortable lower middle class existence. Enter fun employment. It appears to exactly mimic uh, the book's findings. Talented, capable people are happy to say goodbye to hustle culture in favor of their fun employment. Literally, they're happy to do so. Their minimal needs are being met a la Pink's Drive. Healthcare, food, entertainment, fake social community. Interesting. Uh, moving well, along. If you, if you buy that thesis about human nature then the whole uh guaranteed minimum income or whatever you call that that is being used as an experiment around the world and including in the united states mm -hmm. the idea of that is you know it just it just gets you on your feet or keeps you on your feet so you can go out there and get the job you want people aren't going start to, striving people right. aren't going to do that if you believe this theme as long as uh, virtually all of us listening or talking have a job, uh, I will continue because there's more to this and it's pretty interesting. What Pink proposed was that beyond, uh, not the singer, the author, Daniel Pink, uh, was <laughs> that beyond basic needs, employees needed three things that were much more motivating than money. One, autonomy. Work that didn't require Big Brother looking over your shoulder all the mm. time. Just one of the reasons, you know, especially for younger people, they're insisting on staying remote at least part of the week. Uh, two, mastery, the ability to attain or strive toward mastery of a skill or set of skills. That's, That's right. really motivating. That's what I feel I've done. Sure. Uh, three, purpose, work that works towards something larger than yourself. Huh. That motivates people. But not more money them. past a certain point. Well, it, it does, but it's diminishing returns. Right. You know, up to a basic level, it's one-to-one. -one. 
Then that extra dollar gets another 75 cents worth of effort. And then by the time you get out there, it's like a dime's worth of effort for another dollar. Although uh, this entire segment will be completely irrelevant to our next contract negotiations. (laughs) Uh, Dorothy, with a really interesting note, um, got word from another news source. Uh, from someone in Texas, he said that the U.S. and Mexico have executed a plan where upon receiving a signal from the U.S. side, the Mexican rep in Mexico says something to the crowd, and in unison, a certain number of them immediately stand up and head to the Rio Grande, uh, cross into the U.S. where they are quickly whisked away. Then the U.S. person sends another signal to the Mexican side, another group of the same quantity stands up and immediately heads, heads to uh, to cross the river, they're whisked away, etc. It would appear... According to this, we're coordinating with the Mexican authorities, saying, all right, send another 200 over. A chunk at a time. Interesting. I have not independently verified that report, but it is uh, intriguing. Right. I saw Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, complaining about the 700 migrants that had showed up in the past week or whatever. Like, are you are you serious? Have you been completely unaware of what's been going on in Arizona and... California and Texas for the past you're, 30 you're years. A sanctuary city. Start sanctuarying and quit whining. And we'll get into some of the news of the day coming up. If you missed an hour of the show, you can uh, catch it or re-listen to it if you need it again. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The first thing to take away from this is that whilst the Ukrainians are saying they still have a small foothold in the city of Bakhmut, they concede that Wagner controls most of the rest of the city that is rubble. 
there is nothing left of the city to really care about. Right. Well, that's what the Wagner Group says. They control Bakhmut. I just was looking on CNN and they said, as you can see here, they control the downtown. Downtown? It's a <laughs> bunch of rocks and dust. Yeah. What do you mean downtown? Anyway, here's how Mike Lyons, our uh, friend, describes it propaganda that's all that's going on here this is the twilight part of this battle at this point there's no nothing tactically more to be gained that the city has been flattened fundamentally it's more or less it shows ukrainian resilience but also russian military failure they're trying to claim some kind of victory right now that just isn't there yeah yeah i i agree with that assessment um i think the ukrainians did what they wanted to do they drained down the russian military for nothing they gained nothing by getting that uh, pile of rocks hey congratulations you only lost biden said over the weekend a hundred thousand casualties is what the number he put it on yesterday for the uh the the battle for bakhmut i mean if they if they if they gave the russians a hundred thousand casualties to get that pile of rock how's that a loss well, and I remember in conversations with Mike Lyons, he had said he didn't understand why Ukraine was making such a big deal of defending it because it's of very little strategic value, that that area. It's not the crossroads to the south or anything like that. And I wonder whether the Ukrainians saying Bakhmut is the heart of Ukraine, we will never let it go, blah, blah, blah. Was that just deliberately trying to, to drain the Russians? I don't know, but there's some belief that they have a bunch of Russians surrounded now, but we could get into that more later. Oh, the other thing um, that came out of the weekend, the president coming back from Japan, is that we now have a security pact with Papua New Guinea. Oh, yeah. You know me. I'm down with the PNG. <laughs> Which is an island or a series of islands. I don't know. Anyway, it's right next to the Solomon Islands, which signed a security pact with China last year. So now we have a security pact like, yeah, if you get attacked, you get the full strength of the U.S. military to defend you. We just did that for Papua New Guinea, which is right next to the Solomon Islands, which China did the same thing with. So I think that's the closest point of China and the United States support out there hmm. right now. Which is oh, you said Papua New Guinea, right? Southwestern Pacific encompasses the eastern half of New Guinea and its offshore islands. It's a country of immense cultural and biological diversity, Jack, known for its beaches and coral reefs. Oh, okay. Now, inland, of course, are the uh, active volcanoes uh, like Mount Wilhelm, dense rainforests, and hiking routes. Uh, there are also many traditional tribal villages, many with their own languages. Back to you. I hope that I hope those beautiful beaches and coral reefs don't end up rubble uh, during a war between us and China, the way Bakhmut is between the world and Russia. But that's enough of that. Here's a story that angered me today. I hate I hate this view of things. So you've got the uh, standoff going on over the debt ceiling, right? I think we all get that. Here's here's the view of Urza Klein, who I think writes for the New York Times. Uh, talking about how uh, who's going to get blamed if there is a default. Mm, everything goes into chaos. Right now, the positions are clear. The White House is open to budget negotiations, but opposed to debt ceiling brinkmanship. Republicans are the ones threatening default if their demands are not met. They are pulling the pins on the great grenade in full view of the American people. So that view of negotiating... It's so obviously partisan to me. That's like saying, um, 
Look, I just want to sell Jack this car. He's dealing in brinkmanship by not agreeing to my price. He might blow up the deal. He's he's willing to blow up the deal. All I want to do is sell the car, and he's talking about blowing up the deal over buying this car. I'm not going to buy it at that price. Isn't that exactly what's going on here? And for for, for the Biden administration or anybody in the New York Times to agree with the other, look, they just want to continue spending and growing our debt at the rate we are. What's the problem with that? And though evil Republicans are willing to blow up this deal over the fact that they don't want to continue at the same rate. What? Exactly. Our sides' needs and demands are perfectly legitimate and fair. Theirs are horrifying. Of course, Ezra Klein's full of crap. He always has been. He's just a a bitter partisan. I remember when he started Vox.com saying it's going to be a nonpartisan, fair-minded website. Well, he's not the only one. That's the media narrative from uh, from the left. Uh, Sure. Do people really not catch on to the fact that this switches scripts every time? That yeah. if the republic if the Republicans were in the White House as as Trump was, Trump would be saying no 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 we needed a clean debt ceiling uh, bill. This, this is money that's already been spent. Right, this is brinksmanship, yeah. and we can't be messing around with the full faith and credit of the United States government, as George W. Bush did and Donald Trump did. Now we're back to doing what uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden are doing, and and Joe. And when it was George Bush and Barack Obama was a senator, he was against raising the debt ceiling. How do they not? Well, I, th- I think we're supposed to jump on the partisan bandwagon and, and be screaming our side's points uh, just to entertain the folks. I'd, I won't do it. I'm tired of it. Uh, again, all together now, they meet on Inauguration Day at midnight in the Washington Monument and exchange scripts to get ready for when this happens the next time. It's so tiresome. Well, if we don't blow up the world economy in the meantime. Or spend ourselves into oblivion. What uh, what do you think the likelihood is that they uh, the, the, they come to a, an agreement? You think things are going to be fine? Or? Yes, I do. You do. I think yeah, very very high. Okay. Well, again, nine days. Everybody gets some sort of symbolic victory and and says hooray for our team, and then we go back to our our lives. Well, I like the uh, well. I'm not sure I want to go back to my life. Maybe I don't want to as much as much as I think. Well, I want to. there there are several routes to changing your path. Um, blowing up the world economy seems like an unnecessarily disruptive one. Uh, here are the most likely outcomes in the short term, according to the uh, wide world of news. Treasury finds the money to move the moment to July or August. They figure a way to move around some money, so then the, the deadline is. July 1st or August 1st. Or, Checking the national couch for change. Or Biden and McCarthy strike a non-grand bargain to kick the can to September or December. I think that is the most likely thing also. We're not going to get something that gets us very far, far down the road, but it'll get us past June 1st. Oh, good. So we get to do it again? So we get to do it all December? again next month. And I'll tell you what, that oh. one I'm going to ignore. That'll make for an even more special Christmas, won't I, it? I promise it right now. That one I will ignore. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, so uh, back to the fascinating content after a quick word from our friends at Consumer Cellular. Have you ever signed up for something only to find out that between hidden fees, being locked into a contract, and awful customer service, it just wasn't worth it? And that's what can happen with your cell service. You get the bill and find charges you never knew about, a term you're stuck with, and no human will talk to you about it. That's why switching to Consumer Cellular is such a no-brainer. Not only can you save up to half on your wireless bill, but switching is super easy. Activation is free. Flexible monthly plans with no contract. And you'll deal with Customer Cellular's most awarded customer service team to get all the support you need. 
And with all that, you get the same great coverage as the largest premium carriers, 5G coverage for free. So pick up your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword morning show for $25 off. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto dial text message from Consumer Cellular. That's right. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword morning show for $25 off. Consumer Cellular. I love the fact that they're no long-term contracts. They earn your business every single day. Uh, dial pound 250 and say the keyword morning show for Consumer Cellular. One of my kids had their final flag football game of the season yesterday. My other kid went to a birthday celebration in which they went axe throwing. Axe throwing has really oh. become quite the popular sport. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. I haven't done it yet. Michael, have you uh, chucked an axe? No, I haven't, but I want to do it. Okay. He was particularly bad at it. He said he was the worst among the group. He kept throwing it, and it would like go off sideways and bounce off the chain link, uh, the guardrails, before it ever even got to the... Mm. I've never axe thrown, so I don't have any idea what the... It's it's like bowling. You got to work on your, with an your axe. take back. Yeah, well, exactly with an axe. Either way, you know, you hurl it into the next alley. It could kill somebody. But it's all about <laughs> bringing it back straight. And it's like good darts techniques. You're a good dart player. How big an axe is it? Looked like it was more of a hatchet to me from the picture. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more hatchet throwing. I mean, like an axe axe? Mm-hmm. Who could throw one of those with one hand? But you could You'd still... see a lot of limbs severed. But you could cleave someone's head open, right? With a... Gee, money. Well, yes, I, mean, it's I dangerous. so. Well, do you look at every sport that way? The PGA Championship, you know, those golf clubs, they could have murdered somebody with them. <laughs> I went to the Yankees game, and I kept thinking the bats. Man, you could cave in somebody's skull. <laughs> Barbaric! Hogan's, Hogan's Heroes, Bob Crane, Google it. It can be done. Oh, boy. Um, and then I came across this over the weekend as I'm going through my notes. Some uh, thinker who I apparently agree with that I'd never heard of before. All the commencement speakers, high school and college, always, every year, talk about graduates being agents of change. That's always the theme, right? Hmm. What I'd like to hear is a speaker bold enough to talk about being agents for conserving what is already good, what is worthy of conserving, and why it's important to often be a barrier against change. You wow. never hear a graduate stand up and say, this is the most powerful, richest country in the history of the world. We need to do everything we can as young people to keep it that way. And that means not changing all the things that work and hanging on to what we've already developed. Nope, you got to be, we're the ones we've been waiting for. We're going to change everything. <sighs> Why would we want to change everything? Wow. That doesn't make How any sense. What a great point. Everybody wants to be a, a revolutionary, a hero. Nobody wants to be a caretaker, even though everything's running great. I mean, it, quote, unquote. What a great point. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think you'd come across one now and then? Or like one out of ten speeches should be about that? Ten percent? As opposed to zero? And if there's one principle I would love to see uh, taught alongside that, it's that not all progress, not all change is progress. Often there are changes that turn out to be terrible mistakes over and over and over again in human history. In fact, I'd argue that I don't know what percentage it would be, but a significant chunk of change is not progress. You teach that to kids and see them get a little less uh, like wildly enthusiastic about every single change that can be wrought. My niece graduated from a fancy university over in New York over the weekend with her graduate degree, and my uh, and mom and dad were there, of course. 
And um, they were in line for something or other and got to talking with somebody behind them in line or whatever. And that person was from Sacramento and a big fan of the Armstrong and Getty show, which just shows our global dominance, really. Or it's a minor coincidence. Sure. But <laughs> I like the first one. <laughs> exactly. Global dominance. Yeah. I got two nieces that have uh, graduated and are uh, headed on into the world. And I just think, man, that's a it'll be fun to watch. I mean, that's that's an exciting time. The transition into the real world it is indeed and out of our six six school system but there's one guy fighting against it mentioned his name earlier looking forward to telling you all about him mm-hmm. lots of stuff on the way in our text line always 415-295-KFTZ Armstrong and Getty If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The NAACP has issued a formal warning advisory to African Americans not to travel to Florida because Ron DeSantis is so hostile toward African American history. The NAACP, which is one of the great organizations in American history, is a joke. It's a freaking joke. Between them and the ACLU, yeah, they have gone from important to evil. E-V-I-L. Wow. Just... They're, they're specifically uh, aghast this time that the, uh, the state has passed a law that says you can't have woke requirements to teach at colleges. You can't make people so- sign a woke loyalty oath, these uh, diversity statements and stuff. And you got another school thing coming up an hour or two? Yeah, indeed. Uh, a quick review of some of the perversions of government schools. But one guy in Oklahoma who's fighting against it, I predict he will soon be a nationally known figure. Cool. Got this text. A North Korean friend of mine opened one of those axe throwing places. It's called Axes of Evil. 
And it reminded me, mm-hmm. uh, they always have really funny names. The whole axe-throwing venues, for whatever reason, have really funny names. And I was looking up some of them. Uh, doesn't hurt to axe. <laughs> Axes of evil. Bunyan's <laughs> blades. Robin Hood's wow. range. Bad axes. That sort of thing. Yeah. The yeah. axe hole. That's a common one. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah. That's a... Uh... Ask me anything. <laughs> axe hole. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> if it's a bar and you throw axes, you can see how that would be a... <sighs> well, okay. and as the drinks flow, I'm sure the jokes get more and more crude. <laughs> uh, we were talking about how we're it's, it's end of school year time around. I mean, my kids are just so... One kid's like two weeks short and the other one's two and a half weeks short or something like that. And they're, they're starting to get the excitement of... Uh, uh, the end of the school year and how there's no feeling as an adult that measures up to the feeling of when the school gets out. It just It's like holding a winning lottery ticket while you're having sex and you get a promotion at work and, I don't know, something else, hitting a hole in one. I wonder whether retirement feels like that, if ah, you've got like good a good question. pension and savings and stuff. If you're financially okay uh, when you retire, does the... Does it feel like the last day of school? Text us, 415-295-KFTC. I think, though, like I said earlier, you get the, the child perspective helps. Where you just, today is the only, you don't, you don't, you don't, you're not planning. Even as a grown-up, if you were prepared, you got to be thinking about your health or, you know, am I going to miss my work or blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I was just going to say, economy, I don't think you know. I walked out of eighth grade thinking, what is my purpose now? <laughs> For the last se- for the next several months, or you know, is my how money, do I occupy my time? Is my money going to last long enough, depending on who's next president or something like that? Yeah, you're not thinking about that when you walk out of fifth grade. Anyway, right. somebody said the best example of uh, uh, what school feels like when you get out is the Phineas and Ferb cartoon. Here's their theme song. There's a hundred and four days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. So, so it goes on like that. So here's some of the words from that. It reminds me of. So there's 104 days of summer vacation till school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe building a rocket, or fighting a mummy, or climbing up the Eiffel Tower, discovering something that doesn't exist, or giving a monkey a shower. (laughs) Surfing tidal waves, creating nanobots, or locating Frankenstein's brain, finding a dodo bird, painting a continent, or driving our sister insane. This could possibly be the best day ever. Yeah, I know. Just all that feeling of, what are we going to do this summer? We can do anything we want. Oh, God, that's awesome. That's what Give they got. Give a monkey a shower. That's what they got a <laughs> bottle. They need to come up with that. That's what oh. AI needs to create or scientists. They need to figure out how to bottle the feeling of walking out of school when you're getting out of fourth grade. I think that's why people do drugs. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. They're chasing that high. Oh, which reminds me. Man, we got a lot of good... I've never done heroin or meth. Maybe that's what they feel like. Oh, you know, that reminds me. We've got one of the best, smartest things and most reasonable said by anybody on the San Francisco Board of Stupid Advisors, uh, maybe ever, uh, coming up next hour. Also next hour. And and this hour, frankly, I apologize for it. Uh, Next hour, however, among other fair, what we've already mentioned, and does your dog really love you? Or is it just they're taking advantage of you? They're just using you. Science has answered answered the question. My dog and I tolerate each other. We have an agreement. That's pretty much it. Me and Pugsito. I don't think there's love there, but we, we, we see the advantages to each other's existence. I got a question for you. Speaking of dogs. I've had so many dogs Baxter, I love. 
Baxter, who, who I'm very, very fond of, had uh, surgery, cancer surgery, and, and he had an incision on his leg. And we put the cone on him. The rest of it had healed up completely. He licked it until it was like open again. Put the cone back on him, got him on drugs, blah, blah, blah. Take the cone off. It looks great. The minute we turn our backs, he goes to lick it on it, opens it up again. How can that be adaptive? I get that that's their, uh, their instinct to lick a wound. To clean it and the rest of it, but the wound is healed. In the wild, he just, if he were a wild dog, he just changed himself from in great shape, won't get effect, infected to it's absolutely going to get infected. It's practically guaranteed. How can that be like an adaptive strategy? Did domestic beasts lose uh, some of their instinct? I don't know. I wonder. I just, I don't get it. And he's so smart, but it's such a stupid thing to do. And I keep telling him that, but it's come between us. Two heavyweights. I think, getting into the presidential race officially this week, and we should probably talk about the one you don't know as much about, Tim Scott, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. If you missed an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast, listen to it at your leisure. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. A lot of good stuff coming up in hour two. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.